0: Welcome to That's Debatable, the best sports podcast on the internet. I'm here with Mark, I am Clint, and we're here to recap week four of the NFL. And, uh, you know, as I was watching the games unfold Sunday, and I know you and I were traveling from Illinois to Iowa, and um, so we kind of had to keep an eye on some scores, and we tried to live stream some games and play the audio through through the truck and all of that, but... As I was watching it, I kept going back to that Queen song, you know, another one bites the dust. um, As we just kept watching these teams, um, you know, these undefeated teams falling. And uh, so we'll talk about a few of those here um, today. But the first one that I want to talk about uh, was the first undefeated to fall on Sunday. Uh, And that wasn't actually one of our mentions or um or one of the games that we covered uh believe it or not and i'm not entirely sure why other than i know we had that very late night and we were just trying to like get the games covered that were kind of big games for us um but uh that was the cowboys uh knocking off the undefeated carolina panthers so the nfc south um now has no more undefeated teams left in it um and because I know you've been kind of high on Dak Prescott and he's played really well um I'll give you like thirty seconds here just to kind of share any thoughts on that game and that that win for Dallas yeah, as I mentioned, I had picked
1: all of the undefeated to lose except for one, which I was correct on, but I wasn't correct on which one would remain undefeated. Um, but I knew Dallas was going to win this game for a, for a few reasons. Again, Dak, and also no uh, Christian McCaffrey, so that tells me a lot right there going into this matchup. And Dak was 14 to 22 with four touchdown passes, so uh, another efficient day for him. And also Ezekiel Elliott, he's getting the ball moving, and he's in a he's in an upward direction from where he's been for the last couple of seasons, and even early on this year. Uh, He ended the day with 143 rushing yards, so um, things are looking better for Dallas offensively.
0: Yeah, and I'll just add, ever since the Tony Pollard conversation where he rushed 13 times for 109 and a touchdown uh, in that close win against the Chargers, it was like that was a wake-up call for Ezekiel Elliott because a lot of people, there was already murmurs of like, okay, another week like this, and does Tony Pollard become the starter um, over Ezekiel Elliott? And he's responded with... um, back to back uh good games almost 100 yards 95 against the Eagles and then up uh, and two touchdowns in that game and then uh over 100 yards 143 yards and a touchdown against the Panthers uh so they fall to 3 and 1 Dallas moves uh, up to 3 and 1 and at this point as we'll talk about here in a moment seems to be the class of that division um and uh, it's you know you still have the the uh, football team kind of hanging around there too but they certainly just eyeball test as Dallas is the class of the NFC East this year so far at least after week 4 um all right oh let's see let's just get this one over with um broncos ravens so you did pick this one correctly with the ravens um they took care of denver um by a final score of 23 to seven. Um, We watched bits and pieces of this before we couldn't get it to stream through the truck anymore. Um, Any thoughts on this one? Yeah. So I thought that this would be a closer game.
1: Um, And I think that, again, I even said in in our preview was that Denver may even be the better team, Um, but I thought that Baltimore would catch them this time. Uh, because of injuries and then even in this matchup injuries began to pile up even more as you saw the exit of Teddy Bridgewater and it seems as if he will be out again this week. So for this week again, you know, Drew Locke is your guy and he came in and he really wasn't um, terrible. Uh, It's just, you know, he hasn't been playing and you get thrown into a game where you're already down and you just don't have a rhythm and Baltimore's defense is pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I think the score is probably more lopsided than the game will be. Maybe, uh, you know, what what it would be at a different time of the season. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, Baltimore comes away with a pretty decisive win here. Is, uh, because
0: even though they played – the the New York teams and Jacksonville, who after three weeks were a combined zero and nine. Like I get all of those things. Though, so, hey, welcome to the winners' uh, side of the uh, of the box score there to the New York teams and uh, Trevor. Well, just you know, keep trying, buddy. Um, but even though I get that, what what people didn't realize the reason I believed in them is because they were losing people and still winning those games and winning them decisively. And so that's that's what I liked about Denver. But the problem is there comes a point where it's like, how much loss can you really sustain and still be successful? One of the things with Bronco fans, and I'll try to keep this brief because I could talk about the Broncos for a long time because I follow them very closely, but Bronco fans were spoiled because for a long, long time, I mean, this stretch over the last four or five seasons is the worst in the team's history dating back all the way to when they joined the NFL in 1960. And so they've been spoiled that even in years where we might not have made the playoffs, like they've rarely had back to back seasons, let alone like back to back to back to back seasons of not making the playoffs, being 500 or under, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so what happens is Bronco fans become um, talking heads and they hear little things that might be true at one point and then they latch onto it. So one of the things that, they love to talk about is like, Oh, the Broncos don't have any depth. The Broncos don't have any depth. Like, I'm sorry, but no team is like three starter level players deep at every position. I mean, like that's just not realistic. And so it's like, if, if they were, they would trade those guys for other positions where they could beef up, you know, like it, obviously like the reason those guys aren't normally starters is because they're not even the best at their position on the team. And so, um it's definitely you know, you lose your middle linebacker and Josie Jewell, who's also a big player on special teams uh, and special teams they got hurt in um in a very key play late in the first half, uh, where they had a fifty six yard punt that was returned forty four yards. You know, Josie Jewell's a big special teams guy for him. He's out for the season. Um, obviously, Bradley Chubb's still out. That's one of your edge rushers. and in a game, like this against a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, being able to have Bradley Chubb on one side and Von Miller on the other to both rush the passer and play contain with Alexander Johnson in the middle. That makes a difference. But when you don't have those guys and then you don't have another linebacker falling back into coverage like that, that makes a difference and their inability to cover the tight end uh, showed a few times. Um, but Denver, it looked like on paper defensively kind of did what they wanted to do. And I don't mean like impose their will in that way at all. Um, but what I mean is like you didn't want Lamar Jackson and you didn't want this offense running all over you. And they didn't. In fact, there was a point of contention at the end of the game because we had pulled our starters out and we were in a sagged off defense in anticipation of Baltimore taking a knee which has been kind of considered the classy way to end a game for a long time. And instead they ran Lamar Jackson on like a read option play uh, for five yards with three seconds left of a 16 point game to preserve some stupid hundred yard streak that they were on or whatever, which Denver by default then would have been the team that ended that streak. Um, But instead they decided to, you know play madden at the end of the game and go for one last run which they're lucky that like somebody from denver especially a guy who's a backup in the game didn't just level your quarterback out of frustration like and that's that's the comment i know i sent you over the story about vic fangio not liking that he's you know he's been an assistant in baltimore And he said, like, the culture there is more about these types of accolades rather than player safety. And at the end of the day, like, that was a dumb move. I mean, at least give it to your halfback. Like, why would you give it to your star quarterback to pick up five completely meaningless yards and risk some backup dude with nothing to lose just, like, slamming him in the head or, like, you know, who knows what could happen on a play like that, a meaningless play to keep some dumb record going. and. Lamar Jackson could have stepped funny and blown an ACL or something. I mean, there's just so many dumb things that could happen that it it was just kind of stupid in my opinion. But Denver came into the game with seven starters missing um, and maybe arguably the two biggest, well, four really big ones on offense, but both guards, um, so Graham Glasgow and Dalton Reisner, both didn't play this game and it showed because that's where the pass rush was coming. It was like literally right up the middle. Um, You know, Garrett Bowles had kind of a garbage holding call against him Um, that stalled a drive out where they might've been able to maybe try to make a game and get some momentum. And, you know, they used to always call him Garrett holds and all that, but he's been a very good lineman. That was kind of a weak call, but it was right up the middle. It was everything coming right up the middle. Um, Denver felt like a couple of the shots, like the shot that Deontay Spencer took to the chest, um, should have been, you know, a personal foul for leading with the crown of the helmet. The shot that knocked Teddy Bridgewater out of the game, um, uh, was questionable for sure. Um, but now Denver's out nine starters. Uh, we'll see if, if any of them are back this week, hopefully the linemen at least will be back against Pittsburgh. Otherwise it could be another really long week. um, Drew Locke, I feel kind of bad for him because he did throw an interception which was kind of the whole thing of why they went with Bridgewater because he protects the ball better, but um like you said he didn't play terrible. I mean his numbers aren't great, but I mean he had no time. I only watched a little bit of it um because of traveling, but it's like every time I watch him with the ball, it's you know, he's snapping and taking a three-step drop and and there's somebody in his face right up the middle, right through those guard spots and so um Does Denver have a depth problem? I don't think that's really what the issue is. I think the issue is um, when you're missing two wide receivers, two offensive linemen, your starting quarterback goes down at halftime, you're missing guys on the defensive side of the ball. Like there's only so much that you're going to be able to do. You're starting rookies, you know. So, yeah, not the week that I wanted for football with Notre Dame getting beat. On Saturday, and then Denver losing badly on Sunday and losing Bridgewater. Um, yikes, yeah, you know, you lose your kick returner and your punt returner. And Deontay Spencer is one of your remaining wide receivers. Um, uh, we actually saw Kendall Hinton make his first uh, appearance since starting as a scout team wide receiver turned quarterback for the New Orleans game last year. So props to him. I saw him make a player too, but Denver, um, Yeah, that would have been a nice win if they could have had that, and I would have liked to have seen them even a little bit closer to full strength. That maybe makes a difference, but instead. um, And the plan was to kind of contain the run, but um, Lamar Jackson threw for 300 yards. So what can you do? Baltimore was definitely the better team, and from a health standpoint, they're probably the better team right now. Had I known that we were going to be out all of those guys, uh, I may have even actually picked against the Broncos, which I hate to do, but it is what it is. All right. Whew, that was cathartic. That'll be my longest take. Uh, I just had to get that off my chest. Um, you okay? You good? Uh, I'm good. Yeah. For the Broncos fans out there that are like, oh, the Broncos aren't deep enough, like, that's stupid. Like, go watch the NFL and like, no teams are three guys deep. I mean, it's that's that's just dumb. And backups are backups for a reason. Next. Whew, okay. Now I'm good. Next, we'll do uh Chiefs, Eagles. So we both had the Chiefs in this, especially coming off of back to back losses. Um and the Eagles kinda looking shaky the last couple of weeks, uh, ever since that close win against San Francisco. And I'll let you take this one because I, I need I need to recoup. Yeah,
1: this one is like the most Chiefs and the most Eagles box score stat line you could see. Like The Chiefs aren't a great defensive team. They gave up 30 points, but they are a great offensive team. Patrick Mahomes throws for nearly 300 yards with only six incompletions, and one of those being an interception. Uh, He had five passing touchdowns, and also Clyde Edwards-Hilaire taking his uh, fumble problem pretty seriously. He ran for 102 yards, so um, again, Tyreek Hill had 186 receiving yards. This this is what the chiefs do and you had a feeling that this was going to happen and unfortunately uh the eagles were the team that it had to happen to jalen hurts through the ball for almost 50 times we've talked about that and the recurring theme with that he threw uh you know south of 400 yards we talked about if you're throwing the ball nearly 50 times like you're probably going to be plus 400 or pretty close to it and that's been a recurring theme um but again They they scored 30 points, and that's just because the Chiefs defense is the Chiefs defense. It's the same that it's been uh, for, what, two, three seasons now, maybe even more. Uh, They've got work to do defensively, but this is what they do. They put up a lot of points, and uh, they score often. They score quick, and that's what they did. And they had a bounce-back win. We knew they would. And uh, the Eagles are trending in an interesting position because they they can't seem to find any sort of – foothold on on their season they just kind of seem to keep slipping a little bit more and more each week so um we'll see what what do they got coming forward you know uh yeah it doesn't get much easier they're gonna have a tough matchup with the panthers and then they turn around and play the buccaneers then the raiders and so that's three weeks in a row and i don't see them winning any of those games if i had to be honest with you Carolina is a winnable game But it's possible that they lose that one. So I had talked about where they could get seven wins from. You've got to probably win Carolina to remain on that likelihood of winning at least seven more games.
0: Yeah, I I think you know, looking at this, one of the things you've talked about before is unless it's Lamar Jackson, your or maybe a Josh Allen, like your quarterback being mobile is one thing. Being your leading rusher. not typically the best thing unless they're your leading rusher because they they've rushed for you know 100 plus or even like 80 something yards but you have Jalen Hurts eight carries 47 yards uh to lead the Eagles on the ground and so that didn't help the one thing I'll give him i mean overall quarterback rating of 105 he didn't turn the ball over um you know despite throwing it 48 times and and running eight um, didn't turn the ball over. So that's one bright spot. I suppose if you want to have a good takeaway, putting up the 30 points against most teams is going to give you a chance to win. Um, and then definitely a big highlight here, uh, rookie Devante Smith, seven catches, 122 yards. So it's good to see that kind of production, uh, out of a first year player, but, uh, yeah, taking the L there and yeah, I'm with you. I don't see them winning more than one out of the next three. Um, though I'd be fine if they beat the Raiders. Um, all right. Cardinals-Rams. So this is uh, this is one, you know, if you're listening out there, be honest. We can't see you. But before God, raise your hand if you picked the uh, Arizona Cardinals to be the last men standing um, in terms of among the ranks of the unbeaten. Because I don't think anybody – uh, thought that they would be the last team to lose uh and yet here we are um so I tell you my my uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for like the my growth of liking uh Kyler Murray's growing on me that's what I'm trying to say um you know he he played he started last season this way, if you remember, he mm-hmm. took a really big hit. And he was kind of never the same down the stretch for them. And that's always been my hesitancy with buying into Kyler Murray is he's just this little fella that if he gets popped, um, you know, it it changes who he is as a quarterback. But to this point, that hasn't happened. And, all right, so we are, it's, you know, they always have, like, the way too early rankings. Like, right after the college football national championship, like the following week, they always have the – next season's the way too early top twenty-five and they they do this in in a lot of sports. The way too early MVP, I I think you have to have Kyler Murray as your front runner for for MVP right now. Would you disagree? No, I would agree. I mean I think or at least a front runner.
1: Yeah, I think Matt Stafford's right there. Of course he you know he wins this matchup against Matt Stafford, but uh Mm -hmm. I, I think Matt Stafford's there too.
0: Yeah, uh you know, I just with what he's been able to do um not even just through the air but also on the ground again as as a little guy, I mean, he did rush 6 times for 39 yards. Um so he accounts for over 300 total, two touchdowns, um QBR of 80, quarterback rating of 120, just an outstanding performance. Um you know i like aj green here with five catches 67 yards too like he's had a resurgence to his career i don't know what it is with like old receivers in arizona like anquan bolden was putting up numbers when he was old there larry fitzgerald now you got aj green kind of on the back end of his uh his career um putting up You know, I mean, those aren't huge numbers, 67 yards, but five catches, 67, and a touchdown for a guy that a lot of people thought was washed up. So that's sort of like Arizona seems to be maybe taking on that identity a little bit. Like DeAndre Hopkins, it's weird because it's like, why in the world would you ever trade him if you're Houston? So I don't know that he falls into that category of people or guys that people thought were washed up um or were like later in their career, but you know, you even look over on the the defensive side um with JJ Watt and, and some of these guys and like they're they're cool with it. Like that's who they are and they're winning games and they probably shouldn't be undefeated, but the Vikings are the Vikings or the Vikings is the Vikings if you're juju. Um and they came in and this was just another one that was never really in question. Um I mean they they were down 3 nothing and then never oh then they were down sorry 10-7 at the end of the first and then never trailed again 14-10 21-10 21-13 24-13 27-13 34-13 37-13 and then kind of a junk garbage time minute 14 uh touchdown from Robert for Robert Woods from Matt Stafford made it look a little more respectable but um This was a dominating performance from Arizona. And so as you look forward on their schedule, they host the 49ers who just had kind of a rough loss this last week to the Seahawks. And then they have the Browns. Uh, If they can kind of get through that one, the tough division game and then the Browns kind of being a little bit unpredictable, then you have the Texans, then they have the Packers. So, I mean, they've got some, some tougher ones coming up here, but, um, to really keep an eye on them because like I said I don't think anybody saw that saw that coming. All right. That brings us to your favorite team in the AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers and your favorite quarterback Justin Herbert who just keeps balling out week in and week out. I went back and forth on this in my pick but thankfully did land correctly on the Chargers. Um what did you see from this game last night?
1: Yeah, I didn't stay up to watch it because I was originally going to watch it, and then there was a rain delay, Um, even though they play in a dome, where it was a, it was a lightning
0: delay. The look on John Gruden's face was just, that was worth
1: everything. <laughs> I mean, I, I think what uh, the Raiders were on the field ready to go when they were told that they needed to go back to their locker room, and they delayed the, the kickoff for about 45 minutes, and that was enough for me to just be like, uh, you know, I was kind of tired from the long weekend. We were even talking about recording last night and just everything just finally caught up with me and I was tired after a long work day and a long weekend. So I was just, I tuned out and uh, I was kind of keeping up with the the score a little bit on my phone and, and seeing some of the uh, tweets and highlights about it. So uh, yeah, another week where Justin Herbert shows that he's, he's legit in this league. Um, And I think that he's probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks out of his, draft class and uh he was kind of thrown into into the position um and he's he's done well. I mean, they were kind of a a little bit of a mess of a team last year, but I don't think you could put much on him in in regards to how the Chargers finished last season and they've had uh an incredible start to this season and this win over the Vegas um Raiders is is impressive and actually, you know, we had talked about they've got to figure out how to not play 17 road games. There was a good crowd there last night from when I saw, from what I saw. So uh maybe maybe they're finally realizing in San Diego or in LA that um the Chargers are legit. I I'm starting to think so too. And um the their their division in the in the AFC West right now is again it's wide open for anybody, really. Um Denver, I feel like it's it's hard to say. I don't want to count them out, but uh being healthy is important especially right now and we've talked about they needed to win the matchups that they needed to win and um, unfortunately everybody else in the division is kind of doing the same thing so uh, it's going to be a tight race there but i like the chargers um i still don't really care for justin herbert but he did have a great day three passing touchdowns efficient football i do like austin eckler that's who i have as my running back for fantasy football and uh he actually went down with an injury early in this game and then came back and had an incredible day as well. So uh, this was a good matchup though. Um on paper it looked like a good matchup and uh Chargers with a with a with a solid win here. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I uh I expected this actually to be a little bit closer because the Raiders have been very good offensively and I think what if anything that I learned from this game is that the Chargers really are a good defensive football team. Um, and one of the things that's helped that has been they have stayed healthy. Um, you know, that that makes a difference. They did get an interception of Derek Carr. They also held him. So he came into this game averaging over 400 yards a game. They held him under 200. Um, on 34 attempts, no less, and 21 completions for 196 yards and, and an interception. So, I mean, you're really talking about holding... I, I mean, in my opinion, the more underrated quarterback in this matchup is probably Derek Carr because ever since the his kind of like MVP caliber season, he didn't win it, and he wasn't the only one that played at a high level, but he was in that discussion prior to breaking his leg against the Colts. Um, so, I, you know, ever since then, people have kind of... Been down on Derek Carr a little bit, despite the fact that he's played very good football um, and his numbers. And that Oak, uh, Oakland, see, they're always Oakland to me. That Raider offense, um, that's never been the issue. It's been their defense. They can't stop anyone, and that like that's what I've seen from them. And so I, I think like Derek Carr sometimes. Gets overlooked a little bit. I think he's a very good quarterback, but they, like I said, they held him in check in this game, and that was kind of the difference. Justin Herbert, just the eyeball test on him is unreal. Um, I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about it. Like, just the things that he does in his second year already are very impressive. Um, I can't remember if we did this or not, but I, you know, I think we ranked the quarterbacks in the afc west and i still have patrick mahomes as the the best because of his ability to make just kind of these insane throws and he already has an mvp and a super bowl and two super bowl appearances so obviously like his his resume is certainly better but justin herbert i think is closing the gap particularly as a pure thrower um And, uh, and then I think you got a little bit of a gap and then you've got Derek Carr and then a little bit of a gap again before Teddy Bridgewater. The Bridgewater prior to his injury was actually playing pretty well. So anyway, um, this was a good game. The chargers now sit in first in the AFC West, um, and, uh, Denver drops to uh, third and the chiefs are still at the bottom. So that's, that's at least one positive for me, um, But, yeah, the Chargers are going to be a team to be reckoned with. I, You know, I still am waiting for them to be the Chargers in the same way that the Raiders have been the Raiders. What I mean by that is, like, the Raiders typically, you know, start out real strong and then they kind of lose some games that they probably shouldn't. Um, And uh, the Chargers have kind of done that too, like where they've flailed, where they should have been better and some of that's been injury related so we'll see if they stay healthy you know like we talked about with Denver um and if they do you know the i think they have you know obviously they've already beaten two of the three divisional teams um you know they don't they don't play the broncos i don't think for a little while still um let's see they play denver um on november 28th uh in denver and then the season finale it looks like january 2nd um in la so denver's got a little time fortunately before to hopefully maybe get a little more healthy before they have to play the chargers but um yeah they're definitely looking i mean they've played in my opinion to this point like the best team in the afc west and that's saying something because i think that's a very good division so um all right a couple things real quick that we'll just mention um before we get to our uh guarantees and unlike our college upsets that we both like majorly whiffed on we we got the guarantees pretty good but um some games that we had also highlighted bucks pats um that one was played in a disaster of whether um the buccaneers were my guaranteed pick and they didn't win but not as comfortably as i would have um thought i think some of that was was weather related but i just didn't see tom brady coming back to foxborough and losing um and he didn't um packers Steelers, um you know the the Steelers are like the pittsburgh reelers right now they had the big win in week one against uh buffalo and then have not won since they've dropped three in a row um they just don't look good particularly offensively um The Packers, on the other hand, opposite trajectory. You know, they dropped that first one in a really ugly one to the Saints and then have looked very good now with um, wins at home, wins on the road, wins in the other conference, wins in other divisions, um, wins within their own division. So um, they seem to be kind of clicking, like I said, ever since kind of halftime of the Lions game, they've, they've been kind of figuring things out. Lions Bears was um you know kind of a snooze fest. The only reason we mentioned it was because there was the rumor that Matt Nagy would um no longer be the Bears head coach with a loss. And I don't know if that was true or not, and we'll never know because they won. Uh and the Lions now uh are tied with just the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we've been watching um, you know, who would be the last team to lose, but uh maybe we need to start looking at who's going to be the last team to get a win um and it's not been good for the cats the motor city kitties uh 0 and 4 and um the jacksonville jaguars 0 and 4 as well um which i mean jacksonville's playing a lot of young guys and a rookie quarterback the lions are playing with a quarterback who's played in the super bowl um but they just aren't good and they lost again to the bears 49ers seahawks was an interesting one because a lot of people really were touting the 49ers as you know the real deal but we've seen the eagles look bad and they barely squeaked by the eagles and then um you know they had a, a shot to beat the packers after trailing and then you know they gave aaron Rodgers too much time marched down and beat them and so looking to bounce back and they don't against the Seahawks who also really needed a win. And so a big divisional win for the Seahawks there. So <clears throat> I am losing my voice. So this is a good time to wrap it up, but our guarantees you had the Kansas city chiefs and they absolutely dominated really even by more than the 12 points that it looked like on the scoreboard. Um, I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who uh, I thought would dominate by more than they did on the scoreboard. Uh, but nonetheless, we can both continue our streak there. Um, so the Chiefs are off the board for you. The Bucks are off the board for me. Um, that's all we have for tonight. That's all the voice I have left. Um, in slightly other news, the Boston Red Sox win the AL wild card, knocking off uh, their heated rival, the New York Yankees, by a final score of 6-2. to two. Uh, And so they will uh, move on to the divisional round tomorrow night. St. Louis will be at uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers for um, the National League wildcard game. What's that? Where they will lose? Possible. Um, Max Scherzer is no joke, and I was not thrilled about that matchup. But the Cardinals are rolling out a 16-17 game winner of their own Uh in Adam Wainwright. So, and they've been playing some very very good baseball lately. I think they've won 20 of their last 23 games. So, um That's all we have for tonight. Uh join us uh here in a couple nights when we'll be once again previewing um Oh, we didn't preview the Thursday night game, did we? Oh no, we didn't. Yeah. Stupid Thursday night football. So, the Thursday night game
1: is actually pretty good this week. It is the Seahawks and the Rams.
0: Oh, uh, in Seattle. We're going to have to do this one quick. So in Seattle, the matchup predictor, this is an interesting one. Matchup predictor has both teams at 49.8% with a 0.4% chance of a tie uh, because the NFL is stupid uh, and you can have ties. Um, One thing that's interesting here, Russell Wilson. So, I mean, they come in two and two, but he he has nine touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, So he's taking care of the ball. Um, but I think this one will come down to the defense. Um, I'm going to go quick in this one. I like the Rams to bounce back after the loss, Um, and I just I maybe oversold the Rams' defense because I thought they would be more than Arizona would be able to handle after they handled the Buccaneers, but I do think they bounced back this week. Uh, I think Seattle is still a head-scratcher of who they are. So to be very brief, I'll take the Rams in that one by a field goal.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the Rams not only are the better team in this matchup, but I think they're probably the best team in the West in general. And so uh, I like them to win this matchup in Seattle uh, to, to cover their two and a half.
0: There you go. Now, that's all we have for you. Uh thank you for joining us for our week four recap of the NFL and our tiny preview of week five uh with the Rams and Seahawks. We will see you in a few days for our preview of college football and NFL football as well. And we might even sprinkle in a fun little time of baseball for you, especially at the St. Louis Cardinals win. Have a good night. We'll see you next time.